faithwire.com. Hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. Today is Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros coming up on the podcast today. A biological male has won Miss Nevada. The Washington Post gives Joe Biden four Pinocchios for his Second Amendment claim. We'll have the details there. And the new SBC president apologizes for plagiarism, but did we bury the lead? Uh, We'll get behind that. And also, a woman has called out an L.A. spa uh, when employees, uh, you know, let a biological male use the women's locker room and roam around in the nude. So, uh, uh, crazy video there. We'll have these stories and more with Trey Goins Phillips from FaithWire.com. Trey, what's going on? I just, you know, I love a story about the patriarchy. I suppose that's what this actually is, right? It's like if we're going to go with the leftist talking point, it's men quite literally taking over women's spaces. Yeah, I don't don't understand. How the left is able to square that circle, I I don't get. I don't know. I mean, I think we've seen some, as we've mentioned, and we'll get into it here, but I, I think we've seen some people sort of realize that, wait a minute here, this is actual men invading a space. Now, I realize they have a condition where you know, mental condition where they think they're the opposite sex. And so, we, like you said, we try to be, um, you know, we try to be empathetic to that and we try to be uh, yeah. kind and, you know, as respectful as possible. But I think the lines start getting drawn when you've got naked guys walking around in locker rooms and uh, they're just saying, well, they're trans, so what are you going to do? I, I think uh, you're right. not, it's not going to go over well in, in the public. I don't think. And it uh, didn't in this one no. video, this story we have coming up, which is just... Uh, uh, just a crazy video. So, um, all right, let's uh, let us dive right into story number one. And uh, this uh, on Sunday, 27-year-old Cataluna Enriquez is a bi- biological male beat out 21 female contestants to be crowned Miss Nevada USA. Enriquez will now move on to the Miss USA pageant, which is later in November. Um, the victory uh, makes Enriquez the only the second transgender contestant to ever compete for the Miss Universe title. There are a lot of outlets treating this as a first and a historical accomplishment. Uh, during the competition, Enriquez had a homemade rainbow-colored gown to celebrate Pride Month in honor of all those who don't get a chance to spread their colors. Uh, the news outlet said that by winning the crown, Enriquez is redefining what it means to be a woman. And what it means to be beautiful. I think that's what a lot of people are having a problem with, as Trey just alluded to there in the pre-show. He said, I've learned to love myself, learn the beauty that's inside me, learn to use my voice and the power that I have. You're capable of anything as long as you believe in yourself. Um, This win, uh, Trey, comes as a TikTok user gained viral fame for having multiple surgeries to look Korean because they said they identify as Korean. And so uh, I think that applies. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But what's the left saying of this? Well, CNN Philippines wrote, Congrats, Cataluna Enriquez. She will compete for the title of Miss USA after she was crowned Miss Nevada USA. Uh, Krista Whitley wrote, uh, Las Vegas, I present to you our new Miss Nevada USA. Uh, is the first trans queen to go to Miss USA. But she did not win because she's trans. She won because she's a remarkable, talented, and poised woman. Many are uh, saying this is a history, history in the making. That was a lot of the posts. What's the right saying? Well, 
the tenor of the post there a little bit different. Assault on biblical definition of women. Um, others pointed out how more opportunities are being taken away from women. Uh, and so why does it matter? Well, Trey, I mean, we've talked about this uh, multiple times here. Um, society's really leaning in on this post-truth reality, like post-truth, post-reality type world. If if whatever you believe is real, then where does this, this end? Uh, you know, we you talk about the Korean yeah. one there. It says, well, I'm Korean. And they're having these surgeries to change their eyes. You're not Korean. You're not a Korean. I mean, it's just... It's yeah. just it's just basic fact and reality. And so if you just say whatever, if your standard is whatever you believe is real, where does this end? Where does it end? It certainly doesn't end with a biblical definition of what, you know, a man, male and female is and, and what a biblical definition of a relationship is certainly not going to look anything like that. Yeah, I, I guess the, all, all of this just shows that Rachel Dolezal was ahead of her time. Right? Yes. She was... Claiming I, that she she gonna get an apology. Remember, yeah, she was uh, the NAACP, one a chapter president, chapter leader, whatever. And she, it, as it turned out, she ended up being ethnically just white. She wasn't black right. at all, but she claimed to be black for a long, long time. And she still says that she's part of the black community and identifies as African American, whatever. And she was just condemned like left and right, like this awful, awful, awful thing. But now, I mean, more and more people like transgenderism. It's okay for a man to claim to be a woman. I mean, that was already happening, but it just seems like it's just inescapable at this point it's yeah. absolutely everywhere and then this other person claiming well i identify as korean so i must be korean and it's just uh, you mentioned that people on the right are saying that it's, this, and it's an assault on biblical values and a biblical definition of male and female which it is but it's also just like even more basic than that right this is an assault on just like fact like it's just yeah. what science right. says yeah. about your ethnicity sure. what science says about your sex like it's just like if we can't agree on something so basic and so in your face obvious i just i don't know i don't know how we recover from that <laughs> yeah i mean it is it, yeah. it really is this push to basically make you deny basic reality and uh, and i think uh it's tough because as christians we do want to be uh, generous and uh, as yeah. as amenable as possible uh, but without relinquishing truth. And so that's the balance there. You know, how do we, you know, show someone the love of Christ without, you know, accepting something that isn't true? Because we have to do both of those yeah. things. And, um, you know, culture is making that increasingly more and more difficult to do. So, Well, and we live in this culture that's kind of like anybody who pushes back, like if you suggest, like, but they... Cancel. Biologically, they're a male or they're a female. It's like yeah, all just, of a sudden you're you're gaslighted into thinking like, no, you're wrong, you're, and now yeah. you're being bigoted. You're, bigoted, you're yeah. being hateful, yeah. and it's like I, like I, I can't imagine as a young person if I was like a kid in middle school or high school or even elementary school that are having these conversations, like to ask that question and just be like shamed for wondering. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know. Like the intellectual curiosity is pretty much. A, flatlined at yes, zero now it's gone. in our country <laughs> indeed indeed. So, but you know like you said it's just about being compassionate and having these conversations and you just got to call a spade a spade as lovingly as you can but we've got to just be kind of honest about where we are as a culture because it's you know it's not going to turn around unless we're actually going to call out you know when there's when stuff like this is happening yeah so, all right, story number two. So the Washington Post, speaking of calling people out, uh, the Washington Post is calling out President Biden for making a statement about the Second Amendment completely devoid of facts. Uh, so in a speech 
Uh, in his speech he delivered last week, Biden advocated for more gun control calling for stricter background checks, among other things, uh, in order to weed out potential threats. Uh, during the speech, he claimed that the Second Amendment has, quote, from the day it was passed, limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. That's not a true statement at all. Uh, so the Post awarded Biden four Pinocchios. <laughs> Uh, uh, this Monday, yesterday, uh, David Koppel, the research director and Second Amendment project director for the Independence Institute, wrote in his article, everything in that statement is wrong. <laughs> uh, upon the ratification of the Second Amendment in 1791, Koppel explained, there were no federal laws about the type of gun you could own and no states limited the kind of gun you could own, regardless of who you were. Uh, so Glenn Kessler, the lead fact checker for The Post, uh, he said it's important for Biden to get the history of the Second Amendment right, particularly since gun control is such a big part of his platform. And he said that's why The, the Post decided to do its fact check on it. Uh, so what's the left saying? Well, like we've talked about before, there's, you know, we know the general breakdown here. The left is in agreement with Biden on increasing gun control. Uh, and they're, you know, not too keen to call out when Biden says something that's just flat out inaccurate. Uh, so what's the right saying? Well, conservatives took issue with another part of Biden's speech uh, when he criticized people who say that the Second Amendment needs to be preserved in order to, you know, to give citizens a line of defense against a tyrannical government. Biden at the time, this was last Wednesday, he said that anyone who thinks they need to take on the government would need F-15s and nuclear <laughs> weapons. So it's kind of like you just need to, it's not possible. Uh, the Washington Examiner last week wrote an article that said that Biden inadvertently made the case for protecting and maybe even bolstering the Second Amendment uh, there. So, uh, you know, why does it matter? I think it's interesting to see the media, Dan, uh, you know, at least acknowledging, particularly the Post, acknowledging Biden's flub here uh, and not trying to just kind of paper over it like I feel like would be there normal uh, mo yeah so and in april if you remember kessler announced that the post would discontinue its fact-checking database at the end of biden's 100 days uh <laughs> they, they do continue like i said to to fact check him sometimes but and in december before biden was sworn in i know december of 2020 was like an eternity ago but cnn's jim acosta said that the media should go easier on biden than they did with trump because it was just we were really tough on biden and they needed to to, to chill a little bit, or tough on Trump, so they need to chill a little bit. So anyway, it's interesting to see the Post at least acknowledging, yeah, that was entirely an untrue statement, but I guess good for them, you know, good for the Post. Yeah, I mean, I guess even a blind squirrel finds a nut uh, once in a while, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, right. I mean, look, it, it is it is hilarious um, because every politician and every president, you know, you can, I really do believe that transition has happened from activists to just general bias to full-blown activism yeah. because the the language that the press used to describe describe Trump lying liar lying to like all these things now when Biden does it it's just well there's nuance here and you know well, well we're going to explain yeah. this and this is what he meant um and when you could have done a lot of the same exact things to Trump you know Trump certainly had the gist of a lot of things correct but wasn't always precise in his language but they never gave him that benefit of the doubt and just would call him a liar. Um, and even though there were many times where the press was just in particular with the um, the the very fine people on both sides line, which in which he condemned yeah. white supremacy and they just refused to accept that he did it. And, um, yeah. you know, and, and just kept hammering on that. That's full blown activism. That is not journalism at all. 
but to not give him the benefit of the doubt there, um, I really do believe a lot of media members made the conscious decision to become activists and say, we have to stop this presidency. And so they work to do that. Yeah. And then now to see them say, well, we need to go light. Well, what is your what's your M.O. here? Is it to pick a certain president or is it to get to the truth? Because it's it's healthy for both sides to have a press that's peppering them with questions and trying to keep them from letting a narrative get wild. But that doesn't seem to matter anymore. Yeah. And, you know, there's like you said, the benefit of the doubt thing is just is so obvious. Like they're they'll bend over backwards to kind of. Well, you know, like him and Hall, like, yeah. I don't know that he really meant that. Right. But we, and also there's this dismissal with Trump because everybody knows that Trump is like a flamboyant character. Like he's boisterous. Yeah. Uh, he speaks hyperbolically all the time he has for his entire public life. Uh, so and there was no kind of uh, and I get that he's the president. So, you know, you should temper your right. You know, in a perfect world, you should temper yourself. Obviously, Trump didn't do that. But there was no at least like kind of acknowledgement that, yeah, we know that Trump for 50 years has been this, you know, big, loud character who speaks loudly and who right. exaggerates that context. Everything. Yeah, that like, context is a, ignored. He's a braggadocious guy. Yeah. Uh, and you, like that was just completely like thrown out of the window as if that was not a factor. Right. It's like, well, that was very much a factor. Right. And I think a lot of the people on the right give they understand that Biden has a history of being prone to gaffes. So, uh, you know, he get so you have to sometimes, okay, he just gaffed that because he just sometimes speaks off the cuff and just flubs what he's saying. I I think people understand that, but they don't, they never give that context to the candidates on the other side, it seems. And particularly now when they just say, "Eh, we're going to, we're going to let off the gas. It's, it's concerning. Uh, But as we said, you know, it's good to see, at least in some instances, to see the obvious truths called out because the press often misrepresents the gun argument uh, from those on the other side. Yeah. So, um, all right. So let's uh, let's keep going. Let's head into uh, no- story number three here. And days after a video posted on YouTube highlighted the similarities between sermons at the SBC between uh, Ed Litton and his predecessor, uh, J.D. Greer, uh, they both had this very similar sermon talking about God whispering about sexual sin in the Bible. And the, and the general point of the sermon there was that um, uh, greed and uh, uh, a sin, the sin of greed was much more prevalent in the Bible and that God is much more concerned about that uh, and that he only whispers about sexual sin. Uh, and and the two sermons were very similar as these videos were compared uh, back to back. And that led to people looking at a lot of other videos going on, but dating back with old sermons from the new SBC president there, Ed Litton. And they found a lot of examples of this with uncredited uh, use of other people's sermons. And so here's what he said. Here's what Litton said. He said, I'm sorry for not mentioning JD's uh, generosity and ownership of these points. I should have given him credit as I shared these uh, insights. And the the main clip that was going around was a seven minute clip that highlighted those similarities uh, between Greer and Lytton and um, the allegations of plagiarism came out there. And interestingly though, uh, Trey, and this is where I kind of want to dive in here in a minute, but um, as users, uh, Gabriel Hughes, uh, who is a pastor as well, noticed this and he said twice in a row, the Southern Baptist Convention has elected a president who teaches that the Bible whispers about sexual sin. 
Wouldn't you think that appointing leaders who preach that the Bible whispers about sexual sin is the wrong way to fight sex abuse? Uh, as you remember, the Southern the SBC has been, you know, under fire for mishandling, uh, allegedly mishandling sexual abuse claims. Uh, and so while they did argue that homosexuality is sinful, both Greer uh, and Lytton uh, d- definitely just made these same comments. And it seemed to it just seemed to be a message of uh, and again, I didn't watch the whole sermon, so I'd have to really watch the whole thing to fully judge on, on how it came across. But at least in these clips that are going around, it certainly seems like um, and this probably wasn't the intent, but it certainly makes sexual sins seem like, oh, well. This one's a lesser sin, and and these sins of, of greed and um, judgmentalism are the real sins that we that we have to go after. So uh, this one not really a left uh, right uh, issue so much, Trey. At this point, um, um, but they haven't caught on to to that one yet. Um, but what I wanted to focus on is that they're all focused on the copying, um, but it seems particularly not helpful to sort of sugarcoat the sin of sexual sin, uh, especially when we know that sexual sin is just, it's like one of the most prevalent sins uh, in the church that goes unaddressed yeah. oftentimes as as evidence with the SBC and not handling it properly. Um, so properly. So uh, an interesting dynamic happening here and uh, hopefully the lead's not being buried. Um, I mean, it's not good to plagiarize either, but... I mean, it seems like he knows Greer, and so it wasn't like this was maliciously stolen or something like that. He just didn't, you know, he just didn't credit it while he was giving his sermon. Yeah, I think, like you, I haven't listened to the full sermon and the full like context of Lytton's preaching, you know, to know where he falls on all of these issues. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty bizarre to me for somebody to say you know, someone who knows scripture and knows the Bible, uh, certainly he's more learned than I am. Um, but like I can look at scripture and and know the Bible enough to say, I I, I would even be comfortable saying the Bible kind of yells about sexual immorality. I can think the Bible is pretty clear about sexuality. I think Paul talks about it so heavily and so frequently in all of his letters to believers, uh, you know, in the early church talking about, I mean, if you look at all of his letters, sexual immorality is like at the top of every sin uh, that he's concerned with because it's a sin against your own body. It's a sin, you know, you're a, a temple of God. Yeah. Uh, so any sin that you commit with your body uh, is particularly egregious because of the consequences are so high. Like the dealing with it is so high. We've talked about it with like pornography, for example, uh, so often here on this podcast, we've written about it at Faithwire and we have uh, an e-course, the set free e-course, yeah. uh, which you can get on faithwire.com if you're interested. So like we've talked about the importance of sexual sin. So it's just odd to use the word whispers yeah. uh, in association with scripture on sexual sin, because I think that's just certainly far from the truth. And it's a weird, it's a weird tone to strike uh, when the SBC, like so many Christian denominations is right now dealing with some sexual immorality within its own ranks. That seems like an odd, seems like an odd uh, way of, of wording sexual sin. Yeah. And then the focus, and again, that focus then becomes on the plagiarism and it's kind of like, well, uh, maybe, you know, we're talking about the secondary issue here. Maybe, maybe we're whispering, (laughs) about the the <laughs> yeah. wrong sin that we're focusing on here while we're talking about plagiarism. So, um, you know, hopefully they can straighten this out. Obviously, as we've talked about the SBC and the leadership changes, and the, uh, you know, the influence this, 
this uh, group has. So, uh, you know, of course, be praying that they can uh, sort of straighten up there and, and get, sure. on the, get on the proper path. Yeah, absolutely. All right, story number four. So in a now viral video, uh, a woman tore into staffers at a Los Angeles spa after she encountered a nude biological male walking around in the women's section. Uh, just, I, I, can't, I can't believe this is a story, but uh, anyway. Uh, so the, the unnamed woman rebuked the Wii Spa for purportedly allowing the male, who identifies as a transgender female, uh, to use a section of the facility specifically for females, uh, according to footage shared on Twitter. And you, if you're watching this, the live stream, you can see some of it now. Uh, so she said, so it's okay. I just want to be clear with you. She's telling this to the staffer. Uh, it's okay for a man to go into the women's section, show his penis around the other women with young girls who are underage. Uh, the woman asked, your spa, we spa, condones that. Is that what you're saying? Uh, so most of the spa workers' comments were unintelligible because the staffer was wearing a mask and was buying plexiglass. So it was, and it was loud in there, so it's tough to hear. Uh, but at one point, the the biological male sexual orientation was brought up as a justification like well we can't really do anything because this person identifies as a transgender female uh, the woman though said that that didn't matter she kind of pointed out the obvious because she said the person's anatomy made it clear uh, that he was a biological male in a, a locker room area in a section reserved for women who are changing uh, and kind of reiterated there were little girls there were young children uh, in the room changing alongside their moms uh, and this guy was allowed to come in naked and it was okay because he just said oh don't worry about it I'm a trans woman so uh, what's the left saying well we know the typical party lines here uh, as illogical as they might seem interestingly though there were plenty of social media uh, users uh, who came to the woman's defense uh, even one person, which I found this interesting, who identifies as transsexual, condemned the biological male who entered the woman's space, woman's space nude. Uh, the person on Twitter said, if you claim to be a transgender woman and you aren't just as upset as the woman in the video, you are part of the problem. Hmm. Uh, the person went on to write, if you claim to be a transgender woman and your first reaction is that poor transgender woman, transphobia is awful. You are part of the problem. Uh, so interesting that, uh, that that's the, the tone that Twitter user struck there. Uh, what's the right saying? Well, at one point during her encounter at the front desk, another man, a customer, you're seeing that in the video right now, uh, came up to her and tried to explain to her why it was okay for the biological male who identifies as female to be in a women-only space. Uh, and several conservatives on social media pointed out the irony uh, of a man talking down to a woman <laughs> about why she needs to be okay right. with a biological male in a biological female space. Uh, there's one Twitter user I mean, who wrote, I love, the dude, <laughs> I love the dude at the end trying to lecture a group of women <laughs> on what a woman is. <laughs> to me, that tweet kind of wins the, the whole yeah, argument. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, I'd like to think or hope at least that this kind of stuff is a tipping point for people it's unfortunate these kinds of things have to happen for it to be like oh wait maybe we've gone a bit too Man, far too <laughs> uh, you know i it just it seems that it's not going to bother anybody until this kind of stuff happens yeah and uh, because I, it, I guess it's like abstract so it's like oh until you actually see the biological yeah. male walking around naked then it's like oh wait, yeah when we actually live out these philosophies it's a really bad thing well and and again the 
the argument used to justify letting someone like that go into a female locker room is that it make they yeah. have to feel comfortable too. Well, what about the comfort of the others, right? Like you yeah, have exactly. to understand that um, not everyone is going to be celebrating this maneuver, and you you just can't force your way in there and just bully your way in there and say, well, everyone's going to have to accept it because it's Pride Month, so here we go. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a big world out there, and not everyone's just going to love the fact that you think you're a woman, and so you can walk. And again, the other the other thing here is, um, I, I mean, I think all the instances are, are wrong as a Christian, obviously, for, you know, our biblical views on what a man and a woman are. But this case is even different than, say, like a, the athlete's case where, you know, the person has to, ha you know, to compete in the Olympics, they have to have their testosterone levels and all these other things. If you go into a spa, what's to stop some pervert from just saying, well, I'm I'm a woman. So I'm a transgender, yeah. you know, transgender. So I'm going in the woman's locker room and then just go stand around looking at all the women with, you know, getting changed. I mean, what's to stop yeah. anyone from doing that? That's just a one off. Anyone can do that. And I think it's particularly dangerous uh, in that scenario because there's no evidence. You don't have to have any evidence that, well, I'm actually living my life this way. And not that again, not that that makes it any better, but I think this is even a worse case than what we're already seeing. Yeah, and the woman in the video, it's about a two, well, probably about four minutes long if you watch, because it's two separate videos. Oh, there's Piper. And Piper's fired up about it too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, like, talks, she brings that point up, like, the double standard. Like, only, this would only happen. Like, we're only going to manipulate biological women. Yeah. Like, we're not actually going to hurt men. Like, this isn't going to hurt guys. Right, and the absurdity, you pointed it out well, the absurdity of a guy uh, trying to lecture a woman to tell her, hey, you need to let that biological man walk around naked in your presence along with those kids. What's wrong with you? Why are you hating so much? Like you said, the absurdity yeah. of it um, is, it's just hopefully it's so apparent at some point that this, yeah. this stuff becomes uh, just a remnant of the past. So, all right, that is... Uh, one can hope. Yeah, one can hope. That is, uh, that is all the time <laughs> uh, we have for today. Uh, we will be back here tomorrow with more uh, news from a Christian perspective. As always, head on over to faithwire.com, cbnnews.com. God bless. See you back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>